0: So blessed this morning. I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I'm a believer. I'm blessed because I have an eternal hope awaiting me. How about you? Amen. I began to pray and seek the Lord. And I was going to preach um, something different. The Lord really put upon my heart... As I've just been studying about heaven. You know, we need to teach and preach on heaven. I'm going to tell you what is absent today. And don't anybody get mad at me. Don't throw tomatoes at me. And don't send me ugly emails or messages on the Facebook. But what's missing today in a lot of our worship music is that they don't sing about heaven. Everything is just about getting through here. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The old timers, you know, the songs that they don't like to sing about anymore. They had a hope and glory. They wrote about it. They sang about it because they knew this life has nothing to offer. And I'm going to tell you, we've lived in the most decadent age of the time. And we've realized at the end of that decadence because we're coming to an end to it. I'm just going to tell you right now. At some point in time, every one of the worldly economies is going to crash. They're set up for that. You can't be $30 trillion in debt and, and then have, you know, uh, other obligations that aren't even in that equation and think that it's just going to continue to go on and on and on. And that's global. It's not just the United States. It's everywhere. And uh, maybe some not as bad as us, but all I know is this, that there's going to come a point where uh, there's going to be uh, nothing here upon this earth that's going to hold anybody here. Nothing worth staying for. I know right now there's a lot of people have a lot of things in their mind and they think, you know, this will get better, that will get better. I want you to know, the only thing, normalcy's not coming back. The only thing that's coming back is Jesus. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so, but this morning, as I was dwelling on this and I said, Lord, I, you know, I, I, I know that we need to preach on heaven. We need to. And I'm going to. But today, the Lord, just as I was praying, He sent me in a different direction. Oh, Justin said, I want to hear the message that you didn't preach on Thursday. Well, you'll have to wait till the Thursday after I get back, but I'll preach it. Amen. Give you a little time to forget what I said on Thursday. And uh, you say, I don't forget anything you preach. Well, now all, all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Amen. But. Uh, but even I forget my sermons. People say, "What'd you preach last week?" I said, "I don't know what I preached yesterday." Amen. I just know I preached it, and God gave it to me, and I have to stop and think about it for a minute. But, you know. I just know that the Lord wants me to preach in the days that we're in the preparation for the coming of the Lord. And, and, and the kind of life that we're to live, you know. Um, and so in Hebrews chapter 11, because I want to get right into this verse 5, the Bible says this. But by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I just want to simply preach today the man who pleased God. Let's pray over the Word of God. Thank You today, Lord, for this time to come and break open the bread of life. And Lord, my my desire and endeavor today is to minister a word that will bring faith. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And Lord, it's it's a faith for so many things in our life that we need, but more than anything, to be ready to meet you, Lord, spiritually upright and spiritually at a place where we're full and we know that there's oil in our lamp and we're ready for you, Lord. And I ask you today to come, talk to us, minister to us today, and we'll give you all the glory and honor. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, preaching this thought, as I said, the man who pleased God. And judging and discerning from the times that we're living in, this is a very appropriate message for today. In Matthew 24, verse 40 through 41, Jesus said, there would be two in the field, one would be taken, one would be left. There would be two women grinding at the mill, one would be taken, one would be left. Why did I share that with you? Because even though we pray for people to be saved, even though we hope and believe for them to be saved, even though at every funeral that I've ever done or ever went to, I shouldn't say every funeral that I've ever done, but every funeral that I've ever went to, everybody always says, even if the person was rotten as a devil, I mean, they were so horrible of a person People will still say they're in a better place. I said, you don't know that. You think that. You're trying to be nice. But I can tell you, there have been people that, a preacher, I found out, everybody in Orange County is going to heaven. Every funeral I've ever been to, every person, you said, Pastor, you shouldn't be judgmental. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not being judgmental. I'm telling you, Jesus said, not everybody's going to be there. There'll be one taken, one left. There's going to be people. Hell has enlarged, been enlarged. It was never created for us. It was created for the devil and his angels, but it's been enlarged because people have rejected God. Why am I saying this to you today? I want you to understand not not everyone will make it to heaven. My hope is that today you're stirred to make sure that you do. Amen? I wouldn't be worth a nickel of a preacher, worth a nickel as a preacher, if I didn't preach to you to make sure that you are ready to meet God. I was talking to a young man at the gym. I found out Gold's Gym is a harvest field for this day and hour we're living in. I'm up there and I'm pushing the sled with the weight on it and a young man was there about 20 years old and he's watching me, you know, and and I just made a little small talk and Segwayed into me being able to talk to him. You know, I said, I'm just trying to work off this, you know, this belly here. He said, Well, beer will do that to you. I said, Well, I don't drink beer. I said, This is not a beer gut, this is a food gut. Okay? And so I just want you to know that right now. I said, don't drink beer. I said, you know, I live for the Lord. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. And he just, everything stopped. He just, he just kind of stood against the wall like this, you know. He had a, a diamond cross on his, on his shirt, a chain hanging, you know. And I'm talking to him. And, and, and he said, oh, okay, so we're talking. And, and, uh, and, you know, immediately people like the woman at the well, they start getting real spiritual. He said, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic. I go to church. And I said, good, I'm glad that you have some heart for God, you know. And I'm talking to him and I said, I want to tell you something though. Religion means nothing. The only thing that matters at the end of the day is that you have a relationship with God. I begin to talk to him, minister to him. You got to be wise if you're going to win somebody to the Lord. If you're going to minister to somebody and see them taken further in God. And I said, it's clear that you have a heart for God. I can tell when I was standing here talking to you, He did. I wasn't just saying that to make Him feel good. That's what I felt in my spirit. This guy's searching for something deeper. And I told him, I said, you can have the deeper. I said, I preach to this in my church all the time. People can go deeper in God. And God wants to take you deeper in Himself. And he's like, where's your church at? And I said, thank the Lord. It's on Instagram. Amen. You can just go to Instagram. He found us in 10 seconds. I said, I'm so glad because I don't have any cards for you to give out to you. He said, I'm going to come to your church sometime. I said, praise the Lord. But I had a good opportunity to talk to him. And the reason that I'm saying this to you today is that I am concerned about everybody knowing Christ and knowing him to the degree like Enoch did that he pleased the Lord now I know uh, the word of God says and Hebrews tells us that Enoch was a patriarch of the book of Genesis and he was translated that simply means he was caught up he was taken away he was snatched away that's what translated means he was changed if you translate English to Spanish you change that uh, English into Spanish or something that has taken place It's a translation. And so Enoch was taken. He was caught up. He was changed. Just like that. And the Bible says he never saw death. He never experienced that. He never experienced the horrors of death. He was not found, the Bible says, because God translated him or raptured him. People say rapture's not in the Bible. Translated is. Amen. Caught up is. There's a lot of things in the Bible that we we, we can derive arrive and say we know it confirms what the scripture says through scripture amen and why why was he translated why was he caught up because of his faith and testimony that he pleased God do you have a testimony that you please God today I want to have a testimony that I please God I can't say that I always have there have been times I've been a sore disappointment to God but I want to please God I want want to have that kind of a testimony there are three classes of people or church members i should say concerning this idea or this thought of pleasing god there are those that please seek to please themselves there are those that seek to please man and then there are those that seek to please god pleasers of themselves always put god last are you all here He said, you just kind of threw a rock and hit me. Pleasers of themselves always put God last. Amen. Before they're going to give to God, they're going to make sure they take care of themselves. And in essence, I want to tell you this right now. Biblically, if you take care of God first, He'll take care of you. Always. 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 I want to make a statement to you sitting in this church, and just I just know from people not only telling me but showing me their checks. I said, I don't even ask to see it, but just showing me their checks and knowing where they're working and just things about them because you get personal as a pastor, you see things you find out, but how blessed. People are sitting in this church. People whose jobs have blessed them. God has blessed them through those jobs. And so because they put God first. I'm going to tell you right now, God will always make sure there's food on your table. He will always make sure that there's a roof over your head. And He will always take care of you. Amen. It may come by an unbelievable source, but He will begin to bring it. It's like the woman that lived in the trailer house and she was praying and crying out to God and she said Lord please I need food this week you're my provider I've put you first not last and she said I need milk I need eggs I need flour I need some ground beef I need stuff this week God will you please make a way will you open the windows of heaven well two little punk kids were walking by in the bushes and they heard her and they went down to the store to make a mockery out of her and they put those bags they bought a bunch of groceries and put those bags on her step of that little old trailer house and and she began to come out and she saw those bags there and she picked them up and she said praise God, praise God you've answered my prayer and those two punk boys jumped out of the bushes and they said lady they said, your God didn't bring that we brought that your God didn't answer your prayer we're the ones that heard you and we brought it So don't give God praise and glory. He doesn't exist. She said, boys, the devil may have delivered them. But God provided them. So there are those that please themselves and they always put God last. Don't do that. There are those that are pleasers of men because they want to be accepted by others in society. Don't do that because the Bible says that if we deny Him, He'll deny us. That's Scripture. Don't be embarrassed of God. He did something awesome in you. You're more normal than than you think. Amen. I'm telling you right now, they say, those Christians, those people that are, you know, on fire for God, they're crazy about God. They're always in church. They're not normal. That's not a normal life. I said, no, you're the one that's not normal. Amen. We're normal. We're the ones that don't have to beat our pillow into existence to get sleep at night. We don't have to take pills to go to sleep at night. We don't have to self-medicate with something illegal or something illicit to give us rest we trust God amen I lay my head on that pillow and I go to sleep because I've got rest and peace in my heart and my life I'm not worried about pleasing man I want to please God So there's those that please themselves, there's those that please men, and there's those that are pleasers of God. They want to please God. They want to do His will. They want to walk with God. Just like Enoch did. Oh, how I want what the Bible said about Enoch to be said about me because it is His testimony and I want it to be my testimony and it's the testimony of what Christ has done in our lives. Amen. Praise God. Now, when did Enoch please God? I'm going to tell you when he pleased God. In a very wicked age. Genesis 6 5 says, And God saw the wickedness of man, that it was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. There has always been evil from the fall of man. God's not evil, He didn't create evil. Evil is where light is absent or darkness creeps in. Cain murdered Abel because sin crept in. Amen. Sin crept in. People say, you know what? I just believe that people, you know, just in general are good. I said, you're wrong. If you have ever been around any baby or any little kid, two years old, you put one toy in the midst of two kids and there's going to be blood. Because that's the nature, the sinful fallen nature. Okay? And I'm telling you, we're born into this life into sin. Ain't none good but God. His only one. But when Jesus comes in, He changes bad men and makes them good. He changes your life. You become a new creature in Christ. I'm not going to sit here and act like that, you know, God doesn't do a work. He does. He changes us and thank God he does. But Enoch walked with God in the midst of a wicked generation, a wicked time. Evil had risen in the book of Genesis to an increased level that every thought, every plan was evil in the imagination of man. Every intent, every inclination, every reasoning was evil daily. The reach was so widespread. There was no part of the world that it had not touched. We are living if if the beginnings of those times. We're living there, church. I'm I'm just going to say to you that we already had crime in this world. We already had crime in this nation. But the crime has not doubled, but it's tripled in this nation. You know, uh, whenever they started saying defund the police, Well, you know, all of a sudden there's no law and order. All of a sudden, policemen and people can say, well, now don't get on a soapbox about police. You will thank God there's a police force when you need them. Amen. And, and and until you've dealt with criminals, it's, it's a little easy to get jaded sometimes whenever that's all you've ever seen is the worst of the worst in this world. But church, listen to me. We need law and order. We need it. The Antichrist spirit is a spirit of lawlessness. But law and order, law-abiding citizens, that's something, amen, because of righteousness. The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation but a nation that is that forgets God is turned into hell you've got to look around and see we're living in a time where evil and wickedness has is so widespread it's starting to have a fingerprint everywhere in every form and fashion and part of our society you know it's true you can't turn on the news on a daily basis. Somebody's being shot. Somebody's being raped. Somebody's being abducted. All of these things are happening constantly, constantly. You know, and all the people that defunded the police, I found it kind of humorous and poetic justice that some of them were caught up in a criminal activity. Somebody carjacked them. Now who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Look, I'm just telling you right now. We are living in a time where wickedness wickedness has begun to permeate every part of our society. To the degree from politics all the way down. This every facet it seems like. And church it's because of the generation that we're living in. Amen. Man's imagination is becoming evil continually. These, these phones have brought it down to where the only thing that matters is you. I don't even need any relationship with anybody anymore. I don't need any personal contact with anybody anymore. I've got my phone. Amen? I got my phone. I got my social media. I'm going to tell you something. That's exactly what the devil has done. He has taken people out of a normal touch, personal touch, face-to-face sentiment And relationship to all of these these social, non-contact kind of relationships. And they're not relationships at all. Amen. Relationship is coming over here and getting up close to my brother. That's relationship. Amen. I can touch him. I can talk to him. We can fellowship together. That's where the enemy has brought this world. It's, it's, It's... it's an undertow everywhere in the society, and I got to move on because I don't want to stay here. But all I'm saying to you is this that we have a society where there's no consequences there's lawlessness there's evil there's wickedness amen and and you know people that uh, you know should be in jail and and should not have bail or let out because there's no consequences and then there's people that they put in that maybe shouldn't even really be there they there there's 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 other uh, ways around that but all I can tell you is this we are living in an evil society Enoch lived there in a widespread society That was touched with evil. There was no part of the world that he lived in that it hadn't been touched. Amen? No part. So Enoch pleased God in this wicked world's condition when others were living in great sin, when God was debating whether or not he was going to destroy the earth with a flood in Genesis 6 7. But thank God, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, how did Enoch please God? He pleased him by faith faith in god not faith in faith some people are like well i believe in faith i said faith in what i got faith in my ford that i'm going to go out there and it's going to turn on when i start it but that's not faith in god my faith in faith in god is a totally different thing people talk about faith all the time they'll say well you know i believe in a higher power i've got faith in a higher power i said what's his name I said, you don't have faith in anything. If you have faith in God, you'd know who your God is. But, 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 but Enoch pleased God by faith. Faith in God. Not faith in faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. That means in the Strong's, a person is incapable to please God without faith. You cannot please God without faith. Living In known sin, you are incapable to please God. He gives you the faith to get out of that so you can have a pleasing life. Bound up with inability to please God is what that means. It's impossible. Passively sitting on the sidelines of life, not living in the joys and the happiness and the fulfillment of an abundant life in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 is the greatest exhort to us that we should live by. Wherefore seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are the witnesses? Everybody that's written in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11 that's the hall of faith and it covers everybody from Moses all the way to Rahab amen there are people that didn't even make it in the hall of faith but Rahab did so that means there's hope for me and you there's hope if we put our faith in God not in other things but faith in God it's the the greatest Exhort to faith, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. We have to run this race. We have to run it in faith. You and I are never going to make it except we have faith in God. And where do we get faith? From His Word. From prayer. From seeking the face of God. We get it from being in the presence of God. God baptized people in the Holy Ghost in our camp. Faith came up into them like never before. It's changed this whole church. There are young people that never had faith to lift up their hands and worship God. But now they've got faith to lift up their hands and worship God. Because He did something in them. He deposited something in them. So Enoch had faith. That's how you're going to please God. By faith in God. That's why I love the gospel the good news, and particularly Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, because the Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it. Amen. To everyone that believes it. Herein, in the gospel... Herein is righteousness revealed from faith to faith. Amen. There have been times I was walking in faith and I got a little off course. And God said, you got to get back in that faith. Amen. Keep on walking with me. You got a little off. There's times you might sin or say something or do something in thought, word, or deed. But He said, that righteousness will continue as you continue in that faith. I know God pronounces us and considers us righteous because of the blood of Jesus but if you are going to run this race and be pleasing to God you're going to have to run it in faith are you hearing me today amen Enoch had faith faith that believed God faith that caused him to pray faith that caused him to step out faith isn't faith unless it's active Faith isn't faith unless it's active. People say, I've got faith. I said, Well, you know, I'm not the judge, but just sitting here watching your life, I don't, it doesn't appear like there's anything there. You say, Oh, Pastor, your judgmental. No, I'm not. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. I know everybody, you know, we struggle with things we have, but I'm gonna tell you. There's people that, you know, you would never know that they were ever a Christian by the way they live. There's nothing in their life that says that their faith is, is, is saving faith. It's a faith that changed a person's life. I got, I got, I'm telling you, whenever God saved me, he saved me. You know, faith, faith was, was something he put in my heart and it became active and then it was, it was faith in action. He, that seed became an action. Faith is faithful. If you have real true faith in God, you'll be faithful. You'll faithfully serve God. I got saved. Nobody had to tell me to go to church. I was waiting there Sunday night after I got saved Sunday morning. I was waiting there on the step for the pastor to show up. Amen. Amen. Because I, God did something in my life. My family would say, you're going to church again? I said, I'll go to church on Wednesday. I'll go to church on prayer meeting. I'll go to church whenever they're cleaning the parking lot. I, God saved me. And my faith took me home. And the first thing He said was, get rid of all your trash. Get rid of your trash. Get rid of your dirty books. Get rid of all your stuff. Stop stealing from people, you thief. Amen. He began to change my life, change the way I talked, change the way I thought. My faith spoke to me and convicted me of the way I felt towards my dad. So I had to forgive my dad. Faith is active. Enoch walked with God and he pleased God because he was faithful to God's Word. He did what God told him to do. And whenever God saves you, He gives you a faith. And that faith, amen, as you step out and act upon it, (laughs) Are you hearing me today? Enoch had faith. He had faith that caused him to pray. He had faith that blossomed. And, and the blossoming of that was prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Enoch was a diligent seeker, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, 6. And God rewarded him for his diligent seeking. The world screams shut up and go into a corner. But Enoch had a testimony in a dark world to please God. We see the pattern here in the Word of God. And if we're going to please Him, follow that pattern. And that pattern, Christ is the ultimate example of that pattern. I don't want to focus only on Enoch. He's a type of Christ in a sense. He never acted independent of the Father. Jesus never did Jesus had faith Jesus had a prayer life Jesus had a parade of testimonies we read from scripture not only did Enoch have faith that pleased God he was not God took him we'll get there in just a minute but the Bible says that he had a testimony that he pleased God now let me share something with you that 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 the Lord really laid upon my heart you know I I, I have a testimony that I'm saved do you have a testimony that you're saved Do people know in your life that you're saved? It was Brother Lorenzo yesterday, he was telling me. He said, everything in my life has changed. Going to work. He said, I eat lunch alone. Because nobody wants to be around you when you really serve God. Come on. Are you all here with me today? My life testifies of this. But you know what? I want to tell you something, Lorenzo. I know it's hard sometimes whenever people begin to drop you like a bad habit and they don't want to be friends with you anymore because you're not what they are anymore. But what's so powerful is that they know there's a God that can change a person and make them different. And they also know through a testimony of you sitting over there eating lunch by yourself because nobody wants to be around you because of Christ. They know they're not like you. Amen. I had a man one time at work, and I've shared this before, but for somebody today, it'll help you. I had a man one time, he came to church with me at Living Waters, and he was rotten to the core. Amen. But I invited him to church, and one Sunday morning he came. And he came to church, and it got a little hot and got a little exciting, and so he left before the service ended. But I saw him Monday morning, and I said, "It's so good to see you in church. I hope you come back," he said. "Man, your church over there where you're going, he said, that's 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 like pretty high output." I said, "Well, if you're going to be something for God, why not be everything? You go to the the ball game, you rip your shirt off and paint your chest and act like a fool, scream and yell, you know, getting far, getting fights rather, getting fights there at the ball game. You just act like a village idiot," I said. "But you come to church and you got to act like that, you know." You're you're, you're in boarding school. I said, you know, I was never really crazy for the world, but I'm crazy for Jesus. Amen. I'm crazy for the Lord. But he says a little high output for me, so I don't know that we'll be back. We're looking for something a little calmer. And I said, okay. I said, but I got a question for you. I said, there's four other guys out there in this factory that go to church How come you didn't go to their church? I wanted to know. I was waiting for him to tell me, well, I've tried their churches and I'm just looking for the right church. He said, I'm not going to go to church where they go. I said, why not? He said, because. He said, they say the same curse words I do. They smoke the same pot that I do. They drink the same liquor I do. They tell the same dirty jokes I do. They look at the same magazines that I do. They're the same just like me. Why would I ever go where I don't where I'm no different than the people that say they're Christians? Why bother? He said, "But you." He goes, "You're different." You're you're just you're just you're like something I've never seen before. I've never seen anybody like you, quite like you. And I thought, "Wow." So it's not always amen, you know, that you're going to speak something to them that's going to change them. The message is going to be the testimony of your life that they know I for surely am not what these people are. And you know what, folks? That's a, that's a message that speaks volumes because you can be. Nobody's excluded except they exclude themselves. We can know Christ for ourselves. We can know Him. Amen. We can serve Him. What an awesome thing, you know. Praise the Lord. When when Lorenzo first came in, you know, he walked in, you know, and I thought, man, this guy's a bad dude. Come on. He's walking up here. And I thought, man, my, my, my goodness, you know. Amber's in the altar weeping and crying. He's back there at the back. And I thought, I don't think he likes it here. Amen. And at first, I don't know that he did, but, but it wasn't long. Here he come, walking down that middle aisle. Amen. And it was hard for a big old tough boy like him, let me tell you. It's hard for somebody that's been where he's been. But here he come and he fell down in that altar. And I watched God peel one layer after another after another after another off of him. And today, he's not only saved, but full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Loves God with all of his heart. Amen. A worshiper. A man of God. A father to his children. And church, that's what takes place place God changes our lives at first people are like I don't know if I want that I don't want to have any part of that but just let them be in the presence of God long enough they will begin to become they'll get in or they'll get out well he got in (laughs) oh my so we must have a testimony are you hearing me we must have a testimony. I'm saved. My life testifies of this. I'm Holy Ghost filled. It means I tarried and I yielded to God. I stayed there long enough for God to move in my life. I tarried there. I responded and desired holiness and purity internally. You can't be full of the Holy Ghost unless you have a desire to be holy. Oh. Never heard that before. Let me tell you something. God's not going to fill a filthy vessel. But He will fill somebody that wants to be filled. And somebody that wants to be filled is going to empty themselves of everything that keeps them from being filled. I had such a desire for God in 1990 when I got saved two months later went to that meeting and my pastor was preaching. Nobody told me what I'm telling you, but my heart was pure. Oh, don't toot your own horn, pastor. My heart was pure. My heart was pure. I just wanted God. I'd sit in my room and I'd weep and I'd cry and I'd pour out my heart unto God. Lord, I'm so thankful that you changed me from the person I used to be from the things I was involved in you changed me you delivered me you set me free and here I am weeping and crying and when I stood there and my hands in the air and the pastor slapped me on the head it wasn't the slap Is the Holy Ghost he said I see a vessel that's emptied themselves out of everything so I can fill them Amen. Of course we have the Spirit of God when we come and get saved. But there's more. There's more. There's always more. Don't believe me. Ask Kevin. Ask ask Roger. Ask Kyle. There's more. There's more than what we have. There's more. Amen. God will fill you. So do you have that testimony? I got a testimony today. Amen. I'm a witness. I'm a testimony of the life of God. The reality of God. I have a testimony. Many testimonies. What came about of Enoch's pleasing? Well, God could not leave him in a wicked atmosphere any longer. He lived so close to God, he was a misfit in the world. And he walked so close to God in fellowship, he followed the Lord right through the gates of heaven, and God took him. The Bible says he was not found. This is a glorious type of the rapture. People say, I don't believe in the rapture. That's your problem, not mine. Oh, pastor, you're just not educated in the Word of God. I've been through that Bible cover to cover. I promise you, I don't take what people say to me. I study the Word of God for myself. I'm telling you clearly, there's a coming of the Lord. Whenever He comes, I don't know. How much are we going to be exposed to uh, in persecution and even tribulous times? I don't know. But I know this much. He's coming for His church. He's coming for His church. Amen. He's coming back for His church. The Bible clearly says that we're going to be caught up to meet Him in the air. Amen. The dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain will be caught up to meet Him in the air. That simply means there's people in the grave and people not in the grave. So that's an event where people not in the grave are going to be caught up to meet Him. All I can tell you is this. Enoch was a type of the catching away of the church. Will you walk pleasing in this last hour and be part of that number? Amen. Will you be part of that number? I know we will not be exempt from evil or persecution. Of the age, but I want to give all believers and you who want to be today to have a hope to know that he was taken. He was taken. Get in that ark while there's time. I can preach to you about seven steps to a better marriage. All you need to do is just take one step to the altar and pray through. God will give you a good marriage. Oh, you just oversimplify everything. It worked for me. Me and Sister Skiles fought like two pit bulls. Amen. She's shaking her head. She knows. We pulled up in that driveway. I'll never forget It, it broke my heart. We got into it, and I opened up my vicious mouth and started in. Grandma Jeannie started weeping. You know you've done something bad when Grandma starts crying. She said, I lived that life. My husband was an alcoholic, and I was hoping, praying for better for my family. Jonathan, please. I just thought, Lord, I just can't help myself sometimes. The anger just rises up within me. I remember we pulled in that driveway and my wife looked at me and she said, I'm going to tell you something right now, Skiles. My whole life, I talked to my dad through a glass window on a phone. And all I ever wanted was a man to love me and be a Christian. And I thought I had that in you. I'm not going to live this way. So you better change or we're not going to make it. I'm telling you right now. I got in on my knees and I cried out to God. And I said, Lord, if you'll just change her. He said, I'm trying to change you. Quit trying to change everybody else and get yourself right. Quit trying to fix everybody else and work on you. Because let me tell you something. You're not going to stand before God for them. You're going to stand before God for you. So you're the only one you need to really worry about. You understand? You're not gonna fix your kids. You're not gonna fix your spouse. You are required and responsible for you. So get yourself right. I cried out to God and He touched me in that prayer meeting. I come up from there and I said, I'm gonna tell you, I've been a lot of things, but God's touched me. He broke me. He'll do it for you. I wanted a pleasing walk. Because let me tell you, you come to church and you put on your tie and you smile and everybody sees you and they go, hey, there's brother and sister. They don't live with you. They don't know you. You think they know you. They think they know you. They don't know you. But I can tell you, my wife knew me. My kids knew me. We were at Thanksgiving one year and I said, we need to be thankful for all of these things. And, And thankful, you know, I said that God saved us and changed us. And I said made us from people that are mean and, and, and turned us into good people. And just like that, Kyle said, like you, Dad. I wanted to push the turkey away and go find a place to pray. I thought, Lord, he's four years old and he just preached me under conviction. It doesn't matter what you say. It matters who you are. I want to be a man that pleases God. I want to have Enoch's testimony. I want to have Enoch's life. And I want to be walking with God. And whenever he chooses to take me home, whether by the way of a grave or a rapture, I'm out of here. There's a heaven awaiting for his people. Are you one of his people? Not just in thought, have you really truly surrendered your life to God? You're going to have an opportunity today. And I wouldn't leave here. I wouldn't leave here. I wouldn't stand before God and say, you know what, Lord? I didn't answer that altar call because I wanted to get home to see the Super Bowl. Who cares? What matters is my eternity. How about your heart? Where are you at today? Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Would you bow your heads in prayer?